0: All right, everybody, welcome to the 368th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and they got my man. Sage.
1: Man, I'm so excited to talk about this draft. It's 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 not a good draft by any means, but I'd rather be talking draft than talking about a 60-point loss or a 30-point loss type of type of thing. So, you know, talking about talented youngsters that and their development and what they can do on this team is much more exciting to me than you know we we our old veterans played 30 minutes and we lost by 60.
0: If the draft were to be held today Portland would own the fifth pick their own the 10th pick from Golden State the 34th pick which is Charlotte's second round pick that is a very valuable pick. That's That's better than any first round pick. Yeah and then the 38th pick from Atlanta. So, those are two very valuable second round picks. Uh, Portland is, is really stocked uh, in this draft. Uh, probably not the draft you want to be stocked in, but regardless of the draft, whether it's 1986, 2000, 2013, whatever bad draft class you want to say, there's talent. 2000 is probably the ultimate outlier, but there is talent every single year. Uh, and if there is a year, take a home not a home run a grand slam swing it's this year you need to swing for the fences um, because this draft doesn't have the Wimbanyama there's no Doncic there's no Zion Uh, you need to look for the Jokic you need to look for the Giannis you need to really probably go overseas and you got to swing big and you got to be patient and you got to be willing to develop and pour into these players and just wait two three years and, and watch incremental growth because I guarantee you every one of those teams who passed on Giannis just like two years after that draft probably thought to themselves, we should have took that kid. And he would have been fine at number one and he would have been fine at number 10. Like it didn't, it didn't matter. This this draft, in my and my memory, is most comparable to 2013, where there is a consensus right now, and that's who we're going to be discussing as a number one pick. But no one's going to be surprised if this person falls to three or four. I mean, anybody could go number one. I mean, Anthony Bennett, like So I was working for the Blazers in 2013. I believe we had the 11th or 13th pick, something like that. It was a late lottery pick. And we took CJ McCollum, but like mock drafts leaks. I was doing all of the mock draft, uh, you know, collations and seeing who they had us taking. Anthony Bennett was dropping down to us. And I was like, Oh, this would be really rad. Like, you know, young freshman from UNLV, like a lot of potential. And then the hours before the draft, he just skyrockets to number one. And that's what I think this draft is going to be like, you know, you can look at mock drafts now, take them with a grain of salt. Um, it's going to be a lot like last year when Bali kind of came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden you heard first round buzz. Okay. Late lottery buzz. Okay. We have teams trying to get him in the, in the top 10 and that's what Washington did. They ended up, you know, beating out OKC and swooping up and getting their guy. You're, you're going to see a lot of that. I think this year, just players that may be completely off the radar are starting to fly up. Um, a lot so, of foreign born players are flying. a lot of you know, the, the NBA is a, a global game, and uh, I think that's truly where the game is going. Um, and that's that's one of the reasons I, I like this prospect that we're about to talk about. Uh, so for the first future Friday, uh, we are going to be looking at Alexander Sar. He played for Overtime Elite the past yes, he did. I'm gonna seasons, talk about it, yeah. and now he plays for Perth, which is in the NBL. He is 7'1, 217 pounds. Wingspan has not yet been officially recorded. Uh, 18 years old. Uh, I especially have a soft spot for him because he's because he's born on my birthday. And that's a big deal because growing up, like nobody famous had my birthday. The, the, the only NBA player that had my birthday was Bill Wennington. And nobody wants to that's, share a birthday that's a, that's a no. with Bill with Bill Wennington. Like, no, no disrespect, Bill. You got yourself some hardware, but you, you definitely are the backup catcher of NBA centers. Uh, you know, you're just kind of sitting there and okay, Jordan passing me the ball. I'll, I'll dump it off uh, for a victory against the Knicks. But that's enough Bill Winnington talk for this episode uh, from Bordeaux, France. Um, currently number one on Tankathon's big board and his season averages uh, through January 15th. He's played in just 21 games. I believe he is currently um, on the mend right now for a yeah, couple he, of He weeks. took a bad one.
1: Uh, I was Um, watching
0: the game, and I didn't
1: know that he was going to get hurt. And I watch archived versions of every game. Uh, ESPN Australia has condensed games, so I watch all of the Perth games. And he was just dribbling the ball, and then non-contact fell. And I was like, oh, well, it's over for him. And then he came back in, and now I think it's a smart move that he's going to stay. He should be 100% for the draft. He's not playing, like, Perth is giving Bryce cotton the ball and having him run the
0: show. Yeah. These international leagues, when you look at the statistics, you're not going to be over overblown because they play to win. Like they're not about developing talent. They know their talent goes, goes uh, overseas to the NBA. Like that's their young talent. Same thing. When we talk about Nikola Topic, that that's, that's just what, what happens. Like they play vets and they play guys who know are going to get them victories. They're not interested in being a farm system for the NBA. So on the season, 21 games, 18.8 minutes per game, averaging 9.8 points, doing so on 48.8% from the field on 7.6 field goal attempts per per night, shooting 28.3% from downtown on two and a half attempts per game, shooting 63% from the line on 2.6 free throw attempts per game, grabbing 4.8 rebounds, one assist, 1.2 blocks, half a steal. Uh, doing so, um, like I said, just under 19 minutes with a player efficiency rating of 19.06.
1: So do you want to talk about it's been a minute since we did this? Do you want to talk offense or defense first?
0: Because, well, it has to be. I think you need to do it based upon the player strengths. And the reason he is considered the top prospect in the draft is for his defensive versatility, defensive impact. You see the, the the new wave of of NBA player, and I think we discussed this on a previous episode where you, you look at Kevin Durant uh, just 15 years ago, and like that was considered like an alien, and now all of a sudden like Giannis gets drafted, and then you know Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren, and players are getting bigger, they're getting longer, leaner, faster. Alex Sar is in the mold of the new wave. Yeah, Evan Mobley star. Yeah, like, Evan
1: Mobley type stuff.
0: Whether you think he's worthy of being the top pick or not, I think his value inherently, especially for a Western Conference foe, lies in the ability to at least match up the best possible way with Wembenyama and shut Holmgren. Like, 7-1, moves fluid, has length. Like, no, no defender is going to shut those players down, but you have to have your own version of a Wembenyama and a Holmgren. Uh, make no mistake about it. He just has the ability to move his feet laterally really well. Um, so for a modern NBA big, you're able to do a lot of different things with him. His length allows him to play drop coverage just enough because he is quick enough to recover and a, a contest shots. But he's also good enough to block shots at the rim. And he's nimble enough to stay out on the perimeter uh, my favorite thing to do when I when I look at prospects is to look at like the, the, the quote unquote flashes of brilliance, like what gets you up out of your seat. And they had uh, two games this year early in November, which really skyrocketed. his when he stock. got we got uh, him in,
1: when they got yeah, the G
0: League Ignite. Like he had two defensive plays. One, he was isolated on the island with with Ron Holland, another projected overall top overall pick in this draft, and he just defensively just just walled him up for a whole possession. I mean, think Kevin Love on Steph Curry in the 2016 NBA Finals Game 7. Like when K-, K Love was just like, "No, you're not getting by me no matter what," and he just he just clamped up. That's that's what what Sar gives you the ability to do. Uh you're going to especially in today's NBA when offenses are kind of breaking the game, he is has the ability to switch on anyone and do a, a marvelous job. And then he is just an incredible help-side shot blocker. Um in the other in the in the same game Uh, Modest Buzelis of the Ignite, another top overall pick contender, uh, had a layup. He comes, you know, basically from nowhere and and blocks that shot. He stays grounded on the ensuing pump fake by Buzelis and swats it away. So two blocks in one possession just really shows uh, the quick second jump, shows the defensive instincts, uh, the timing. You know, not everyone can can just block shots just because you're long. You have to have some sort of um, wherewithal. And it's just it just it's a natural ability to be able to do it. Um, I also like the fact that he is a, a riser. Um, I like players who show progress. You know, he's one of the youngest players in the draft, and you're not going to get like what you draft now is not going to be the finished product.
1: I mean, you've, you 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 brought up that he played at overtime elite. And I remember watching him at overtime elite, and he was missing shots left and right. Like, he wasn't even getting it close to center. He was missing wide left, wide right. So there was something inherently wrong with his shot. And now he's taking and making some really clutch three-pointers in uh, Australia. But you bring up his defensive um, abilities. In one of those OTE games, I was watching, and uh, Asar Thompson, who we both really like, especially creation-wise, they had this 7-1 Alex Sar guarding Asar Thompson the entire game, and it was Asar Thompson's worst performance. He had him in jail. Like the way that a seven foot-one person can slide their feet and play defense on uh, I mean, like a 99th percentile athlete in Asar Thompson, it, it showed some really great flashes defensively. And then you look at what he's doing against G, the G-League Ignite in their you know, uh foreign versus G-League Ignite game, those two sets, and he put Ron Hollins in jail. I mean, he can fit in any scheme defensively with his athleticism, his foot speed, the way he uses his hands defensively. He is a really, really great defender in this league. And you 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 can move your feet with one of the best athletes I've ever seen in Asar Thompson. That's pretty special in a 7-1 body. Um, I really, I really do think that defensively he gives whoever our head coach is next year a lot of options. You can you can have him be aggressive like we do now. You can put him into drop. The only thing that I think he would struggle with defensively is post-defense against Joel Embiid. But guess what? Everybody will get problems going against Joel Embiid in single coverage.
0: So, yeah, I think he he needs to add more muscle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Play on ball defense. But again, he's 18. I, I also like the tools are there. Like, he's going to need more experience. He's going to need time. He's going to need nurturing, but the tools are there. Like, he has tools that you can't teach. He has fluid hips, his nice lateral movement, go, go gadget arms, solid shot blocking instincts, and he's got a smooth gait. Like, those are those mm-hmm. check all the boxes of a big man. Like, you don't want them to be uh, slow prodding. You don't want them to be flat-footed. You don't want them to have a hitch in their giddy-up. You don't want them to have, you know, lower leg injuries or history. Talk about Donovan clinging without talking about Donovan clinging. Exactly, like you, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a dinosaur. Like they're extinct. I love dinosaurs, but di- they are extinct. You need somebody who's going to be able to move um, and just move really well and smoothly on the court. Um, yeah, like, mean, he's with, got with, incredible with, uh, agility with the responsibilities
1: that each center has to do for this for their teams he hits everything that you have to do the defensively and we're not talking about rebounding because that's probably his physicality and rebounding is his biggest weakness because he is yeah, he
0: he is not a cure-all prospect no right? he comes in you need to
1: have like Jared Vanderbilt be his power forward
0: you need a Buck Williams Brian Grant like Maurice Lucas, enforcer power forward that is going to be physical that is going to rebound the basketball uh, because that's he he's not that
1: and I don't think he ever will be no and like I I think that makes him have like the Evan Mobley type of he can play center but he can also play power forward because right now his body is not ready for 82 games at center for any NBA team he he can barely handle 15 minutes in the very very aggressive and physical MBL but you look at what he can do just defensively it 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 it's special you just have to have a specialized rebounder like Paul Millsap or something next to him so he can he can do all the dirty work that Sar just his body isn't ready for it and but you look at the shoulders and you think he could add weight but I don't want him to be like Donovan Klingon where he adds 20 pounds on his frame and then, you know, issues begin to happen because you're heavy. So it's got to be a nice balance of what can Alex do to be physically strong enough to handle the, the physical pains of going against Joel Embiid and, uh, you know, all of these other centers in the league that, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of things for her. you. Just know slide your feet, try and get into position. But we, if, if whoever gets SAR has to have a rebounder at the four and the three. And right now that ain't really happening with the Portland trailblazers.
0: The one downside to him playing in Australia and not in the States where you can readily watch him readily get media coverage. Like nobody is talking about Alex SAR. Uh, obviously he's not one, but, but there's no, there's not a lot of draft prospects in the current college basketball that I mean, like we said, this is a heavy foreign influence draft class. The one thing that kind of eased my concerns about Chet Holmgren and how long and lanky he was, was they would do so many features on him and you would watch him and you could just see the toughness and you could tell, like he wasn't going to back down. Like he, he had that, that ability uh, mentally that He's skinny, but he is going to put up a fight. And I I don't know. I can't answer that question for Sarr. And that would go a long ways into how much I would be willing to go up in the draft and grab him or not. Like, I don't know if he's got that that dog personality where he's just going to be an absolute animal and really enjoy that adversity and the confrontation that Holmgren does. Like that gets Holmgren running.
1: I watch Alex Sarr quite a bit and he's he's about it. People talk shit to him because, you know, highly regarded prospect in the NBL. People, people try and bully him. He's about it and hits, like, really high-leverage three-pointers in, like, the last second and wins the game because of it and talks shit right back. But he has a real hesitation when it comes to actually being physical. But if he can attack via the perimeter offensively he's got the dog in him i just think that he knows he's weak physically and avoids it like it's the plague like if let's talk offensively he does not go into the paint much at all and no yeah he shoots threes at a really good clip like 29 percent from three as a center is really really captivating but unless the lane is absolutely wide open, that there's no mess whatsoever. He's not going into the paint and dunking. So that, I think that is his biggest weakness is physicality and his, he, he's just, he reminds me of Anthony Davis on the Pelican on the Horn, then Hornets where he goes out of bounds. So he doesn't get hit by opposing centers. Like it is that level of, is he going to ever get physical? Because he he's athletic. He could rim run and be a really, really physical dunking machine with Bryce Cotton running and throwing lobs. He could do that, but he's really just comfortable playing perimeter, which when you think of Blazers in general, that's cool because Shaden Sharp needs his two feet in the, in the paint. Uh, Scoot Henderson absolutely does. Anthony Simons. If Jeremy Grant's on the team, if Alex R is there, which I think would be one of the worst pairings in NBA history, he needs the paint, too. So it's cool with us because we're so paint dependent. But if you're seven one and athletic and can have fluid hips, like set a screen, run to the hoop and get some some easy points in the paint. I, I I actually am really impressed with his decision making with the ball in his hands. Like he he if he was on the blazers, he's probably our second best. Passer right now because they give him the ball in the high post. He makes a decision whether to give it to a corner sitter or hash sitter, point guard, or in the rare occasions drive it. So I'm really high on his playmaking, his decision making. He's just scared shitless to go in the paint and bang with you know the Andrew Bogets of Australia. So it it it's th- like that's the real big thing. Is he going to get physical enough in nature to really? want to compete in the paint with people or are we going to have to have a seven one softy that won't go in the paint and get
0: that much needed board it's it's going to be the latter i think when you play basketball like physicality just it's inherent it you're, you're either born with it or or you're not it doesn't mean you can't be a good player LaMarcus well, marcus aldridge was a good player but he's one of the the softest most finesse big man in Blazer history yet he's still was, is a, is a I don't think he is but he's a borderline Hall of Fame player. Um Channing Fry had a very long NBA career shooting threes. Um it it, it can be done. You just have to really curate your roster around him and make sure that's the pairing that's that's going to work with 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 what with what you're building because yeah, with Scoot and Shaden. I do think he has grab and go potential. Mm -hmm. Um, He's capable of dribbling in the open court. I definitely, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, because I don't think he's ever going to be physical. So I think you have to Mm -hmm. just take him who he is. Like, I think he can grow into um, a a better defender. I think he can grow into a good jump shot shooter. Like, I think he can do tools improvement, but like style of play. I think this is who you're going to get. So it's not like you shouldn't be expecting um, him to become a completely different monster you know, three years out of of developing in terms of aggressiveness, physicality, like that's just that's not his his makeup. That's okay. You can still win with that type of player. Um, but knowing that, my biggest swing skill for him is is that jump shot. Um, because if he's not going to be physical, room running, he needs to be a legitimate threat from the perimeter. Um, Do you believe I in a right shot? Now, I think I think right now the jump shot's a work in progress. Um, I don't think the form's terrible. It does have a bit of a catapult um before the release i think he does need a little time and space to get the shot off hopefully he can speed that up with more repetition i i do think he's catch and shoot given the mechanics i don't see off the dribble um being an option so i mean I think, how many
1: 7-1 dudes can move off and shoot
0: i'm just that's what that's <laughs> my notes that's what i had like i i'm not that that again this is the nature of this draft i think if we're talking other years Last year, he's he's not a top five pick. Last year, is he? Would you have Alex Sar over Jairus Walker? No, Jairus Walker is a better prospect in my opinion. Yeah. I think I, if he I was value, in last year, I, he would I, be, I value rebounding, yeah, playmaking, and toughness. And he uh, gives you all three. Yeah, I I I really do believe in what I, he I can think do it's offensive. a debate between Saar and like a Taylor Hendricks. So I Taylor like nine ten on my board. So I think that's where Sar would be um, this year, if he were in last year's uh, draft class. So as much as I think he could help the Blazers and as much as I do think he is going to be the top pick in the draft, uh, I know a lot can change, but
1: especially if he doesn't play for the rest of the year,
0: I I still, this is a draft where I really don't think you want the number one pick for whatever it called a hunch, call it just a feeling in the gut, but I think the best player in this draft 10 years from now is going to be someone taken seven, 12, 27. Like you just don't know. It, it's going to be a very weird draft where mm. your scouts, they're going to earn yeah, their this money. This
1: is where they earn their money, bro. This is
0: where you earn the money because it could be a draft where Kevin McCuller is mm. the ends up being the best player, like, or at least has the best rookie year. You remember when Malcolm Brogdon yep. rookie of the year, in 2014, that was supposed to be a loaded draft class. Brogdon comes in as a fifth-year guard out of Virginia, and second-round pick, wins Rookie of the Year and Sixth Man of the Year. He's had a great career. He's had a better career than I would argue Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. And Wiggins was considered the Golden Goose. So was I Jabari remember we Hitter. watched
1: him at uh, uh, the Hoop uh, Summit. Hoop Summit, yeah. I was like, so, Damn, like this, that, this so dude's as much so good. as I would like
0: Alex Sarr on the Blazers, there's there's just an inherent pressure that comes with being a number one overall pick part of me still believes if Anthony Bennett didn't go number one and what slid down further, that maybe he has a bit of a better year. Like there's just so much pressure that comes with being that top dog. Like I think Deandre eight and two, like mm. you look at him and you're like, that's the number one pick. But if like, if somebody would have taken him at 10, you're like, that's, that's that's crazy. awesome. He has had it. a 10th yeah. overall pick career. Yeah. Like, he's had a solid borderline all-star uh, career. He's a top 10 big, like, yeah, that that is a really good pick. But he was picked ahead of Trey Young and and Luka Doncic, and now all of a sudden you're like, kind of like, you're getting the word busk maybe thrown out, like or under underachiever. Like expectations determine how you look at somebody based upon where they were drafted. So, uh, it's just a really weird, really really weird draft. Uh, my comparison uh, for him is Miles Turner meets Evan Mobley. Um, is that when, the
1: lowest the the meat? I, I, I
0: don't have it okay. in me this year to do the, the bottom okay. and the upper like I would say like if if he this is my like, you know, yeah, if, if you draft him any hits, I think you're getting Miles Turner meets Evan Mobley.
1: Yeah, I, I think his lowest here because I, I don't have a child. I can think of this. I think it's Zach Collins like because Zach Collins with a with a good three point shot is kind of what I see at the lowest here like. Zach's not going to stop you a post up, but he's going to help side defense. He's going to play really good switch defense. I mean, and if if Zach Collins had a really consistent jumper and I I believe that he'll be like a 37, 38% three point shooter. So I I kind of believe in that, but yeah, Zach Collins is kind of the the low. I honestly think that he could come in and be Miles Turner like day one because Miles Turner has some of the same weaknesses that he does. Um, I think if, if he if he becomes Evan Mobley with a jump shot, that's his 99th percentile because Evan Mobley is so special defensively. But I also think Sar can be, too. But it's kind of the mentality. Evan Mobley is absolutely willing to mix it up defensively and physical uh, physicality in the paint. And I, I, I think we both don't really believe in that. But if he becomes of jump shooting soft Evan Mobley, that's. That's an all-star guy, maybe once or twice, but I, I I don't know how you get him to like embrace physicality and try and uh, get to the line. Or the rebounding is just so scary to me. Four rebounds and being that tall. I especially
0: mean, when you're on a team that features Jeremy Grant as yeah, your you, you cannot you have
1: Jeremy, You cannot have Tumani who does not rebound well. You can't have Jeremy Grant who does not rebound well, and you can't have Alex Sar, who does not rebound well. On the on the floor, I don't think that he's a center day one, though. I think he has to be a power forward until he builds up some sort of, you know, strength to deal with some of these bigs in the league. But I, I think that this is the number one pick because his warts are the least scary out of all of the other draft,
0: like, you know, top five guys, like Topic. I think cannot I would disagree. Choose- Really, I, I think I think he's the top pick, but I think it's because his be- his unicornness is the best of anybody in this draft. Like, if you get Evan Mobley, just if just if Evan if Evan Mobley's in this draft, even t- take t- turning on the physicality. If you're telling me Evan Mobley's in this draft, and that's what you're going to get, you take that a million All times time. over. You know, as as great of a player as Topic could be, or you know, one of the the French wings, whether it's Risa Shea or Saloum, Like, if they if they bloom like. I just think if if SAR hits, I think that's the best player in this draft. And that's like you're just not going to find seven one players who move like that. And when the Western Conference, you're going to have to go through Oklahoma City and San Antonio. You need somebody that's going to that's going to match up with those two guys. I mean that's just that's just like when Shaq was running it in L.A., the Blazers had the best collective group mm-hmm. of big men to try and slow him down. And that's why they were the Lakers' biggest hurdle and obstacle to get to any of their championships. And if Joe Cronin is worth his salt, he, he'll realize the teams, not now, but in five years, who are the teams and the players that you're going to need to go through? Those two bigs and and in Anthony the top division, <laughs> y- you got to take care of yeah. you got to find some sort of resistance for them, right? They're not going anywhere. Like they're 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 under contract. They're going to be locked up. Um, those franchises are both really well run and operated. I, I don't. You can't anticipate them moving away. No. Like they're going to be big hurdles. You have to figure a way to do it. That's why the Blazers were so improved and 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 um, made those runs when they added Buck Williams. Like who who did they have to go through? They had to go through Karl Malone and the Utah Jazz. Well, Buck Williams was there. Was their vice? He went there and he he was Carmelo's kryptonite and made life absolute hell for them. That's what Portland has to start to do, and I think that's why why Sar is 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 the top pick. I, I just wish the top pick didn't come with so much pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, let's just say Detroit and, and and in Portland, top yeah. pick pressure, big man number one. Like, I would feel really bad for Sar, and I would pray to the basketball gods that didn't. Uh, that he could just block out all that noise and he could have a healthy career. But that that, that must be real. That, that is a lot of hurdles for a young man to go through.
1: And, and then all of the changes that he has to make physicality-wise to go against all of these players. Does he fit with the Blazers' core? Does he fit with the, Scoot Henderson is shade and Shaden Sharp? Well, I think he
0: would be really good for Scoot. I mean, you look at the yeah, success... Exactly. With with Dwop Reith and Dwap is such a, a really improved three point shooter. He f- uh, catch and shoot, uh, spaces the floor really well, uh, and you're also kind of seeing the deficiencies. You know, he does have deficiencies rebounding the basketball. But if Sar can set the type of screens that Dwap can, while also playing uh, man and off ball defense at at a higher clip, I think that's going to elevate. I do think sooner or later the Blazers have to find Scoot a finisher because you watch the tape and you see how many just dimes he's dropping, but the shots just Portland does not have play finishers Mm. around the rim. So it's not a masterful fit. Um, But at the same time, when you're looking at a defensive prospect like that, you, you find ways to get shade and sharp the ball to to play finish. Um, You've got Chris Murray who can, can hit threes. Uh, Hopefully you can go out and get a wing, that can also play finish as well. Um, I don't think Portland really has that, that small forward quote unquote, just guy like they're, yeah. they're looking for another guy like that. Maybe it's, maybe it's repair. We've only seen a little bit um, from there, but I think he. I think that's the beauty of scoot past first point guard, he's going to fit he's gonna really get him in
1: this spot. He's
0: going to hopefully unclog the paint for scoot. And um, I, I just think, with Scoot's tenacity on defense, I think they could do a lot of really fun things. Shagan's got a lot of the same tools. Like you want to get guys with just a ton of tools that you can mold. Like it's much easier to make something when you have all of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to substitute and you have to keep substituting, like that's when the finished product's gonna get like this tastes like ass. <laughs> but if you have every ingredient, this is you know five stars.
1: Yeah, I I think that he fits with what we're doing, especially offensively. Like the fact that he isn't a paint guy is going to help scoot it's going to help everyone and i think that you can find a lob threat a lot easier than finding a guy that can be this versatile defensively there isn't that many dudes like i i said how well da moves for a big but if we compared how da moves versus how Alex Sar moves it's a complete like it's different planets of how well, he moves how well his hips move. Like this guy could be one of the best defenders in the league and stretch out the floor for Scoot and Shaden. And I think that's great. You just, you just have to find a roster that makes his weaknesses not as big of a deal. I don't think you're ever going to make him turn into Ed Davis with the physicality. So you need to find a guy that, you know, rebounds really well and can pass in the ball. But like, I, I, I would really love to see dribble handoffs between Alex R and
0: scoot Henderson. So I think, um, if you're Portland just, and you really want him, just hope the wizards don't move him in the top spot because yeah, I, I don't think he's a good fit with one I don't think he's a good fit in Detroit with Jalen Duran. Uh, I don't think he's a good fit in Charlotte. They, they've got Mark Jesus, Williams. They've got bigs for fit. forever. I mean, they've just, got a ton of centers that they've been cycling through. Um, and obviously there are other teams that could jump them, but the teams ahead of Portland right now, like I think Washington's the one team that makes a lot of sense uh, for, for Alex Sar. So, I mean, there is potential for Portland to get him at three or four, or if they wanted to package some picks and move up, but um, you know, this is wow, the first. And they would be pretty awesome defensively. Mm-hmm. This is the first of of many uh, prospects. Uh, I don't know who we will do next, but it will be coming out. You know, it's fun. Once the calendar flips to a- the actual draft year, that's when I, I really start to get a little bit excited, um, especially having two picks and just knowing like, hey, like we need to keep adding like best player available. The Blazers are in no position to really say no to a prospect. Um, you you got to go out there and you got to swing for the fences and, and take the, the highest upside, especially this year, because you know we're not trying to win next year, or the year after, like we're really looking three to five years down the line. And you want to look back at that draft and say, we took, we took what we thought is, is the highest upside and we're going to get them to that, that point.
1: You, I agree with everything you said, but you also have a, you need to find someone with a floor good enough to actually be in the NBA. There's some high upside bets like Matas that, I I don't think he's
0: that bad. I don't know if he has the highest of upsides If I'm being honest But that's another But he
1: a... They fucking had him Featured at like Combine Talking about joining the G League Ignite last year Honestly I only see two bigs that are This is a, a quote unquote good big draft I only see two bigs that can do everything That you need defensively So but I, yeah I, I think that there's a pretty good chance that we have three first round picks because of all of our tradable assets in this one. So, you know, a- as evaluators, you have to stand on your toes a little bit to, you know, you know, look at French players, look at Americans, G league, all of these, uh, Australia, there's, there's a lot of Australian people that I think is going to be good. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a, uh, an experience trying to watch all this basketball along with watching our Portland trailblazers lose against good teams um so thank you all for listening the uh this will be out thursday night or friday i don't know how uh you know excited i will be about posting this but this was Alex alexar the 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 chalk version number one uh, of this draft class so thank you all for listening and we are out of here peace